Hello and welcome once again to the Common Sense American Podcast. And if you're a new listener, uh, please bear in mind that I don't do any explicit content. I also tend not to entertain uh, conspiracy theories and um, common sense really is the name of the game. So uh, please bear that in mind when listening. If you're a returning listener, once again, thank you very much. Uh, I will never ask for your personal information or uh, any such thing. Uh, and I don't do, uh, you know, promotions where I ask for email or anything like that. Um, moving along to today's, I don't want to call it a sermon, but uh, because it's always a monologue for me and I, I never have any guests, that's sort of what it comes out as. But I think I want to put down sort of as a bullet point presentation of sorts. I don't want it to sound that boring and tired, but this is sort of what it is. I want to highlight what I think is going on in this country right now. Many of you are seeing it, and sometimes we see these things piecemeal, and we don't really put them together. Um, as I said uh, just now, I'm not into conspiracy theories. However, when the evidence of um, something bigger than we would ever expect comes around, it's hard to ignore, especially when all the pieces fit into place. Now, I know many of you are familiar with the country, the uh, country's history, uh, America's history, as well. You should be. However, uh, we also should be aware of the history of the world and how certain civilizations and societies were built and how they fell. And a great many people with uh, far greater political and societal acumen than I, have created uh, many books and papers and, and contributed a lot to the world's history uh, and reminds us of how these things happen. And we need to be cognizant of that. So if you want to create an authoritarian or even tyrannical government and you want to shift to something closer to socialism or communism, which of course those uh, regimes are absolutely authoritarian and tyrannical at their core. Um, if you wish to do that and you're not starting from scratch, you know, you're not starting a, a brand new civilization, saying, okay, this is what we're going to do, but you need to convert that civilization from uh, where it was to this, this new idea. There are steps that need to be taken. They take time, um, but they do need to be taken, and they need to uh, hit all facets of society. They need to do government, society, uh, education, entertainment, and in our case, especially the press needs to be utilized. Now, uh, it wasn't that long ago, especially historically speaking, that the Nazi party uh, used a an extraordinarily effective uh, method of uh, propaganda and uh, just false, you know, straight up lies to completely mislead an, an entire uh, populace and pull them down into, into the depths of, of, of tyranny and fascism. Um, now, Germany, pre-war Germany, is not... Uh, the America of today, which, you know, we have a huge history of, of freedom and, and we have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. And we have these things as the foundations and the cornerstones of our society. So it, it would be more difficult to completely shift the entire country into a certain direction of socialism or communism and, and uh, you know, require slowly whittling away the individual freedoms 
of its citizens. Now, let me see if uh, I'm going to go through this and you're going to see if you recognize some of this. I'm not going to say, you know, it's happening here. What I'm saying, what I'm going to say is this is how you do it. And then you see if you recognize it. One of the things, the, the first things that need to happen is, is in the education of, of the youth of the society, uh, the first thing you really need to do is to start erasing the history of that uh, nation. You need to erase it. And uh, if you can't erase it entirely, what you need to do is you need to warp it to suit your own views and suit the, uh, the, the incoming regime. Um, what you need to start instilling in people, in the youth, is that the country was built on, on the wrong foundation, that it was built on evil, that it was built on, uh, that all the people that basically came before us were bad people, did bad things. And that's where you start. And then you slowly start just dropping pieces of history out as you go. You know, things that were once deemed very important and taught in every school uh, around the civilization are now, is now being sort of called out in favor of, quote-unquote, more progressive ideas. And pretty soon, uh, history almost becomes not even a class. And if it is, it's essentially a propaganda lecture about how the past of the society in which the students live... Uh, is steeped in all bad things, and that currently we are in the process of trying to fix them. Okay, that is start. That is really where you need to begin because everything begins with the youth. Uh, the the children are the future, and that is where you want to start because extraordinarily impressionable minds, and you can, can start right there and build from there. And you know that's that's what needs to happen. Now, does that sound at all familiar? To what is happening. Uh, bear and also in mind, the other facet of this in terms of education is to cut the parents out as much as possible because the state really needs to be in full control of education. They want state-mandated education that parents essentially have no say in. This is the education they're going to receive, and I'm sorry, but you have no say in this. Oh, and by the way, it's against the law to not send the children, uh, your children to school. Therefore, we basically have you trapped, um, and there's very little you can do about it. And we're going to demonize any parents who stand up against it. We're going to use uh, as much so-called logic as we can. We're going to say, well, you pay your taxes for a reason. We provide experts to teach your children. You need to bow to the experts. And that's pretty much, you know, that's, that's the way that will go. It's the way all those confrontations will go. And the, the parents, really, their only uh, option would be to homeschool and some could do that, but many, of course, can't for a variety of life reasons. Um, so you sort of cut the parents out quite nicely, quite easily, and there you go. You pretty much got control of education, and that's how that's going. And again, does this sound at all familiar to what has been happening, especially in recent weeks and months? The other thing to do now, what we have to do from a, uh, certainly a, cultural standpoint. Now, sometimes this they don't have full control over this and they just sort of implement policies to push it along, but they've been doing that for a while and it takes some time. You need to put the populace in a position uh, where they are essentially incapable of fighting back and want and demand help from the government. You want an incapable sort of broken uh, citizenship that cannot really survive on its own without a government, state, and federal intervention. 
Um, they, it needs to be critically ill in some way. It needs to be fearful. Um, if you can describe our populace in any other way, I'll give you money because essentially that's what we are. We have reached that point where we're critically ill, uh, obesity and, and overweight and just mentally and physically in the worst condition the, the country and possibly humanity has ever been in. And whenever you hear about one side, which is, of course, the Democrats screaming to fix things, they're at the core of all of their arguments is more government intervention and control to try to fix this problem. It is not, it is no longer, when I was growing up, it was, it was starting to hit national headlines uh, and they were starting to say, okay, look, parents need to uh, start talking to the children about this. They need to start, we all need to start living better. We need to start being healthier. And they were putting the onus on the individual. They really were at the start. But that has shifted a great deal. The onus has now come to uh, government and pharmaceutical and doctors and essentially saying, we're going to fix you. You can do whatever you want. Um, and the whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want mantra is, of course, a cornerstone of the liberal policy for the past five decades or so. And that, of course, has led to the downfall of our capabilities in which we, we went from a society that used to be almost entirely independent. People would build their own homes and make their own food and rear their own children and educate their own children and do all these things. Now, in a growing society, you can't continue to do that, and I understand that. But at the same time, there needs to be a balance between their individual capabilities and what the government is providing. At some point, when the individual starts to rely entirely on the services around them that they supposedly pay for, what happens is those services start to cost more, the government starts to demand more, you start to go down that path of 40, 50, 60% taxes, which we see in socialist and communist regimes. And instead of fighting back against this, because they feel hopeless and helpless and uh, afraid, they go right along with it. And they push that as being uh, something good. And then the words come in, for the greater good. And for the greater good is essentially code for we're bringing more government in because you can no longer care for yourselves. And unfortunately, if they're correct in that and you start to see a society that cannot function on its own anymore, if you took away so many of the safety nets and services and programs that so many millions of people access on a daily basis, and they would literally just fall apart. They can no longer function. When you have a society in that vice-like grip of the government, you already have partial control anyway. They're in no condition to fight back. They're just not. And deep down, they know it. And so they start to embrace things that they never believed that they would embrace simply for the sake of necessity. Then, along with it, you implement the destruction of morality, discipline, uh, accountability, responsibility. You start to usher in and instead of just tolerate but encourage twisted dysfunctional, dysfunctional behavior on a mass scale. Say that it doesn't matter. Hide all the studies that say the nuclear family dying has negatively impacted society, which it has in a dozen different ways. That is really where the downfall started. They don't want you to talk about the divorce rate among homosexuals, for example. You should see that. 
They don't want you to talk about that so many of these people who are who are supposedly just plain normal just live differently in alternative lives, how many of them have such screwed up lives. How they bounce between jobs, can't hold one. How they're constantly in and out of therapy. How so many of them leave kids scattered all over the world that are completely uncared for and twisted of their own accord. You create a downward spiral of society that desperately needs the help of the government because it cannot care for itself when you erase discipline, when you erase uh, accountability, responsibility, and capability. You have the entire populace, no matter how big it is, in the palm of your hand. Does that sound like anything that you see today? If it doesn't, you need to open your eyes. You can't, I can't, I walked into Home Depot the other day and I, you know, it's, it's gone beyond being depressing. It's, now it's just terrifying. Um, this, these people, you know, looking at them, shuffling along in their sweats and the 300, 400 pound disgustingness. And you feel sorry for them. But you also know that they're completely incapable of doing anything. And if even one iota of the government assistance that they're getting in some way, the services that, they're, that they receive, the fact that they can just get pretty much everything they need in life without har hardly having to move, right? When those start to crumble, when supply lines start to fail, when services start to go bankrupt because they start to tax the people even more and the people don't have the tax money and this starts the downward you know, trajectory, these people are going to be in serious trouble. And when they're in serious trouble, they have only run recourse. Ask the government for more help. And from a uh, governmental standpoint, you do not try to just cram a, a socialist uh, or, or communist uh, party into, into office or into power because it's probably not going to work. It's too blatant. It's too flagrant. It won't work yet. You need to, again, do this in stages. You need to do this in pieces. There need to be pieces perhaps not so highly visible that need to come into Washington, D.C. or come into local and uh, governments and state governments and start to break things down from within. You're seeing that. You've been seeing that with the likes of AOC and Ilhan Omar. You've been seeing that around the country. You're now seeing it in D.C. with the Biden administration. Uh, you're seeing that with people that he brings in, his nominees. For example, his latest, Jasal Omarova. Uh, she, uh, she was born in Soviet-controlled Kazakhstan and went to the University of Moscow on a special Lenin scholarship. Uh, her intention is to essentially completely, quote, reinvent uh, the way America does its banking. This would give the Federal Reserve uh, more power, almost complete control of the financial system than it has ever had before, and certainly uh, would make the entire system look a lot different. Now, that is, she is not the president. She is a cog in the wheel, however, and she is being embraced by the powers that be. Now, it may or may not be uh, confirmed. There's going to be some people standing up against her, even a few uh, business-friendly Democrats. Uh, for example, I can see Cinema and Manchin saying hell no to this woman. But given the way things are going, it seems more and more likely that she, she will get in simply because the regime wants it to happen. Um, 
That is only one example. You need to dig down a little more and see the people that they are slowly putting in place over the years that have contributed to the same uh, process, the same, uh, I don't want to call it, you know, a takeover, but it's, it's difficult to call it anything else. Um, then you factor in uh, entertainment and the media, which in this particular case I'll sort of lump into the same thing because the media is acting very much like entertainment and is no longer acting as journalism anyway. It is pure entertainment at this point, and unfortunately people are believing a lot of it is fact when of course it isn't. Now, what this does, it will further help to divide the country. The division of the populace can also be an essential tool. Sometimes you don't need it, but sometimes it helps because what will happen is you can create that division because when you have pushback from too many people, you know, if we're too split and you don't have enough majority to, to have your uh, regime sort of slip in and take hold and you're going to face too much pushback, division is the best way to do it. And when you, after you divide, you conquer the side that you believe is wrong. And you will promote that side as not merely wrong, but an impediment to progress. You are going to paint that side as ignorant, backwards, and eventually you're going to paint it as dangerous. You're going to say that these people are dangerous to the future of the country, to everyone else around them. At which point you can start to usher in new guidelines and laws against those people. At which point fascism and a full tyrannical government takes almost full control. Um, when you Because now what you have is you have one force in the form of the media and the entertainment industry pushing one particular agenda over and over and over and over. And that agenda also has laced with it a message that says, if you are against our message in any way, we're going to portray you as ignorant, backwards, dangerous. You will also not be given a say. You will be silenced as quickly as possible if you are speaking logically and intelligently. We will, however, focus on those that are ranting and freaking out and saying, I'm just going to get my guns and my Bible. I'm coming after you. And we're going to use them as our own ammunition and proof that we're right and we need to move past these people. Whereas Completely, if they can silence the majority, which the majority is basically just saying that is not what we do. We're just disagreeing with you. They don't, they do not abide disagreement and nothing in the messages that they send will, uh, will, you know, they'll, they're also not tolerant of any dissenting voices. You see that in entertainment and media every single day. It's written into every Hollywood script. It's written in every book. It's written into every musical lyric. It's written into every television show. Hell, it's in every commercial. And it's certainly coming from every major media outlet in the form of sometimes just plain op-eds where what they're saying is essentially seditious and so out of touch, or if not out of touch, just blatantly... Uh, hostile towards one side, which of course is always the, the non-liberal side. When you have that, you create that massive division. You drive that wedge between uh, the people in the states, and you see that now in secession polls that are shockingly high. And people, you know, red states getting redder, bluer states getting bluer, battle lines being drawn. But the problem that we, I don't think, we're getting here is that this is what I think they want to have happen. And when they do, if they are still in power. 
in D.C. And if they have the election process nailed down, which, let's face it, they just might, then they, under the guise of, quote, democracy, you know, the, oh, the people voted us in, which at some point we're going to start to question, go, no, you know, we don't think that's true. You're just there and you're going to stay there. And the more, the longer they stay there without any shift, the, the longer uh, we start to see D.C. go in one direction and the entire country go in one direction. And yet we know there are millions of dissenting voices. The more we are going to start to question whether or not this so-called democratic system or republic is broken because it seems like, you know, they're only going in one direction no matter what we say, no matter what our votes are. At which point we start to have the shift towards the tyrannical and authoritarian and we go towards socialism and communism where the state controls the vast majority of our lives, takes and owns the vast majority of what we've ever owned, starts to own everything in your life from, from your, your property to your, your, your taxes to your very rights. It starts to break that down. Now, if you take a look back at what I've said and the, uh, the steps that need to be taken in order to create this sort of regime, and I'm, I'm not, this isn't really coming from me. This is coming from hundreds of years of historians and politicians and uh, economists and experts in that field uh, writing books and papers and sh showing you how this has happened down through the years and saying these are the signs to look for. These are, this is how this, this goes down. And how it has gone down more than once in human history. You take that and you compare it to what we see in this country today. And in fact, compare it to what we're hearing from people, for example, who are experienced and who have lived in North Korea or China in communist regimes. And come here and issue words of warning, which are, of course, silenced. And say, this is bad. This is what I remember. This is the path that country that I left was on for a while, bef just before the government essentially assumed complete control and erased individual freedoms and erased what the country once was. Now, you have to go back a ways in terms of for China and North Korea before you start to see, you know, any freedom at all, really. But it wasn't always that way in those countries. Korea was once a full country, of course. Uh, China was not always communist. That's more of a modern idea that has always failed. Um, and, you know, but these things happen and they can happen if they can happen quickly. But in a country like ours, where we have a foundation that's essentially exactly the opposite, you need to work slowly, meticulously, grab hold of each major section as you go and don't let go and keep squeezing it and squeezing it until you reach that point where you have crippled the society and crippled any potential for a fight back and have pushed your evil tyranny and made it sound attractive to a great many people and passed it off as something that is, quote, progressive. And once they believe it, it's easy. And the dissenters can be silenced and taken care of in certain ways. Now, I don't want to say that there has been a movement in place to make this happen. I don't know if it's incidental that just over the years, the liberal movement this has created this. They didn't originally intend, but now they do intend to push it that far. So maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's something that's been in place since the Red Scare of the 50s. And they is small then, they built from there. I'm not really sure. But either way, it certainly seems to be happening. 
uh, and I don't really know what to do about it. I'm just putting it out there. I don't know if any of you have noticed, but this is the way things are. Anyway, that's it for this week, and uh, I'll keep I'll cut it right here and give you something to think about if you haven't already. And um, like I said, I don't everything I do is free, and I don't expect any donations or any money, and I don't run ads. I do this just because I feel like doing it. Um, so hopefully you will get a little something out of my talks here and share with your friends and family. And that's it for me, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you.